Too often, faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzera. Great to be with you as always. Just good. It's just good. Everything's good. How are you doing? I hope everything's good with you as well, wherever you are, whatever you're up to. Hope you're chasing goodness all over the place. Hey, a few things as always. You can always get your hands on the book, bring it home. Man, it's, it feels like forever when that thing came out, but it was it was just like eight months ago or six months ago. I don't know. It was November. It was like not even six months ago. It was, it was yeah, that's crazy. That literally feels like an eternity ago. If you haven't got it, check it out. Uh, the hope of the book is not to, I mean, it's a book filled with stories of my own. And, and in those stories, I share the spaces where I saw God show up and, and it's, it's, you know, every part of it's different. And the hope of the book is not that I think my stories are any better than anybody else's quite the opposite. The hope of the book is that you read the stories and you're like, Oh yeah, me too. I've got like stuff that, that I went through in my own life and, and crazy weird ways. I saw God in, in the good and the bad and the hard and the, and in some ways maybe I struggled to see God. And so it's just a way to, you know, if anything, it's just a tool to help engage all of us in our own story, because there's a reality that in, for many of us in our spiritual journey, that journey was so like, it was so singular, right? Like for, for my journey, the, the, it was so singular that we had to focus all of our intention on the Bible or all of our intention on going to church. And so often like our own lived experience was treated as secondary. And by secondary, I mean a ways back, like nowhere close to the front, nowhere close to primary. And so the book was simply meant to kind of refute that idea that, that actually doesn't it seem through the life of Jesus that maybe the best and most appropriate way to experience divinity, experience God, experience connection to the divine, connection to one another, connection to ourselves, doesn't it seem like the best way to do that is through our own story? And so that's the heart of the book. And so if you haven't got it yet, make sure you check that out. You can get it in uh, hard copy form. You can get it in digital form. Uh, you can also, if you really, if you love this voice that you're hearing right now, you can get uh, you can get me reading it to you. The audiobooks out there as well. So make sure you check that out. Also, more recently, the book from Lake Drive Books, my publisher, called Hope for the 2020s, came out. You can go to LakeDriveBooks.com and get your copy there, or just go on Amazon and you'll find it. And I had the great pleasure of contributing to that, and a lot of my other fellow Lake Drive authors contributed to that and just a lot of other great people as well. And I think so often we go through life and sometimes and often it's hard to find hope when 
so much, so much, so much negative uh, hits us in the face every single day. Uh, that's why I avoid a lot of the news and things like that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I take it in really small doses. Otherwise, I just can't handle it. Um, I, I'm even careful about what I watch, like what movies I watch and things like that, because I know in my life I can only handle so much negative before it starts to weigh down my spirit. And so you might want to check out that great little book. I'm using it kind of like a, de- a devotional almost, you know, like a read a little bit every week, read a little bit every day. Uh, it's a great tool for that. All of the contributions are just a you know, a couple few pages long is all. Uh, just until the end of the summer, the seven-day devotional, Finding Faith Again, which is on my website, mattkinzera.com, will be available. But at the end of the summer, it goes away. And it's it's downloadable. Just throw your email address in there. I'm not going to email you about anything. It's just a way for me to keep in touch with you. Um, but just uh, throw your email in there, and I'll make sure that you get your hands on a copy of that seven-day devotional. And again, you can download it and keep it forever. So even though it will go away from the website, it won't go away from you because you can have it and wherever you want to save it. Okay, so I had this really interesting experience over the is about a week and a half, two weeks ago at this point. And so I got the opportunity to be a part of a conference. And this conference was out, it was just outside of LA. And the con- the whole idea behind it, it was this interfaith conference simply mean that you know, people were gathering from all different faith backgrounds. And let me tell you, when I got there, there was, I mean, literally every faith background that you can imagine was represented in the room somehow or some way, you know, whether it was directly or indirectly. And then it was also like an international conference. So it wasn't real big. There was, I think, may there's less than 150 people total there. But the 150 or so people that were there represented 20 different countries and so it was just this wild thing i was so like i was so excited to be a part of it from the standpoint that like i've always dreamed of like of what what could the world look like if we could cross like the boundaries of faith and have meaningful conversations and in order to do that we would have to cross you know geological boundaries as well and and get to places or get in places with people who don't live right next to us because in America even though we're a very diverse country still you know there's there's one religion that is primary over all others even though that that is changing certainly that's changing as history moves forward anyway so really excited to be a part of this thing but the experience was just fascinating I can't explain it any other way than that. So what we did is we got together and it was a three-day conference and I got to be uh, a part of some of the the leadership of the conference of just not, I wasn't presenting or anything like that. I was just helping out in a lot of different ways. And so I was there and, and it was, you know, set up one day and then a three-day conference. And at first, of course, it's just like, oh my goodness, you're in this room, this chapel, this, um, is, is a interfaith chapel at a, at a college and you're there and you just look around and you're like, oh my goodness, this, what is happening here is, is crazy. Like it's crazy to see that, that amount of diversity in one single room and, and just all of us there wanting to talk specifically about how how our faith can inspire us to do good, meaningful work, specifically on areas of justice. And so, the the large group things were just fascinating because you know 
everything that you would talk about, every question that came up had just a, a, a much deeper, like the depth was just way beyond because for example, when you talk about something in America or in your hometown, the people you're talking to most likely have a general concept or at least the same general concept as you do about something. But when you're gathering people from all these different countries, I mean, that's not even necessarily the same. And so we had these large group things every morning. And then in the afternoons, we would break out into these smaller groups and each smaller group represented like a main, I guess I'll call it like an issue. So for example, I was part of the leadership of this climate group, like this climate and and earth kind of group. It's not because that I, it's not that I don't have interest in that, but it wasn't, I wasn't a part of that group because I did have interest. It's just, there was only so many of us to go around. So in that group, at one point, somebody was talking, it was actually a person from America was talking about a farmer and they described this farmer through this activity they were going through. And the most fascinating thing, this other person who was a part of the group who was from, I believe, I believe they were from Mozambique. They like raised their hand and said, and they said, the way you destri- described a farmer doesn't even make sense to my mind because the person described a farmer like we're producing this food and we're producing it to sell it whereas the person from mozambique their their concept of farmer was like we produce food so it feeds our family and maybe feed some of our neighbors and so you could see like so everything that came up had that like amount of depth to it where you had to like you were forced to start to see through other people's lenses and and that was part of the conference that was really amazing and each group had three leaders and even within that it was me from wisconsin in the u.s and then our main facilitator was from the uk and he was born in africa and then the co-facilitator was from mexico and so even in our little trio like there was so much diversity so such a cool i mean honestly just to be in the space was a win all by itself and then in the so going back to the main group session some of the really cool things about the main group is is our our idea of spirituality is just like the idea of what a farmer is like our idea of of spirituality is so it's so singular it's so one like we see everything one way right because of the way that we grew up in the country we grew up in and so like spirituality to us most of i mean i know i have listeners that are outside of the u.s so you just take this into your own context i'm sure it's the same for you that wherever you are that's the context that your spirituality resides and so because i grew up catholic and then went to a protestant churches after i got out of my you know after i became an adult like my whole lens is through the lens of jesus my whole lens is through the lens of christianity and and i um I guess I say, I don't, I mean, I don't know how true this is or not, but I guess I believe that a lot of the way of how I believe and what I believe is a, a big part of what leads me to try to make a positive impact in the world, whether that's through some of the faith work that I've done, whether that's through some of the nonprofit work that I've done, whether that's through being a prison chaplain, all of those things in my mind at least, were inspired by this kind of singular viewpoint of faith that I have always had. But I've always believed that, I won't say always, for years and years and years, I've believed that you could come from another part of the world 
And because of that, you could have a different faith tradition, Buddhism, Muslim, Sheikh, whatever. You could have a different faith belief and experience, and you could come to the same conclusions. Like your belief in Muhammad could lead you to the exact same conclusions about the world and your work as my belief in Jesus. And so I've always thought, man, if we could find ways to like cross those boundaries, I bet we'd be surprised. It reminds me, I was out in New York. This was maybe three years ago now, two or three years ago. I can't even remember, but I was, I was two years ago, almost exactly two years ago. I was out in New York, uh, this really cool conference that was up on a rooftop and kind of trying to do some of the same types of things, except this is a group that was all, it was, it was, well, I won't get into it because it was a long time ago. But anyway, that group also had people that were of different faith traditions. And I'll never forget talking to a uh, this young couple. They're younger than I am, and I'm not that young anymore. So they're probably in their 30s, I would say. I'm 46. And so they were Mormon, and they were podcasters. And so I started to talk to them. And the crazy thing is, is they were podcasting about the same things that I podcast about, about the same things that a lot of people in this space podcast about, except it was with an undertone of Mormonism. And I never forget like the conversation because I walked away from it thinking, oh my goodness, like this, this movement of a new type of faith, I always thought it was a movement of a new type of Christianity or a new way to experience Christianity, but wait a second, maybe this is a worldwide faith movement. Maybe this is way bigger than I'm thinking. And this this event that I went to out in LA certainly proved that to be the truth because everybody is having the same conversations. And it was so fascinating to listen to those same conversations through all of these different lenses. And one of my favorite parts about uh, about the the week was that You know, you go to most conferences and, you know, maybe a pastor or one of the conference leaders or something goes up and shares a blessing or or shares an opening prayer. And that's great. I think that's lovely. But here, every morning, somebody of a different faith tradition would share a spiritual practice. Everything from meditation to there was an indigenous person who went up front, a Native American person who went up front and just shared this incredible visualizing thing that just, it was in it, it, it had to do with our ancestors. And I thought about like the people that came before me in ways that I've never thought about before, like the people that were in, are in my family line. Like it was crazy. And then there was another time where a group came up and one like read, uh, read a, a reading, like read some poetry that, that they had written. And then there was some music that came along with it. And then this woman just danced and it was like her offering was just this dance. And so every day, like we were experiencing all these different ways to experience our faith together. And then again, we would break up into these smaller groups and I don't remember what all the groups were even, but there was one that was like future and faith. There was a climate group. There was an equity group. There was a a group, um, for people who are, um, older in life. There was a group for, uh, not, not, not necessarily for those groups or for a group for young people, but as groups of people wanting to work with those demographics, it was just, oh, and then there was an immigration one. And so I think, I, I think I actually did remember them all. And so we'd break out into these groups and 
in these groups, here's, here's where we turn. Okay. Here's where we turn into what I really want to start talking about today. In these groups, the organizers of this conference, they had a very strict regiment or very strict idea of what was going to go on, especially in those small group times. And they were really pushing like each group through this, you know, very well thought out concept that was done by a, an organization that does this all over the world. They had this, this way of working with people and they were trying to get all of these diverse groups of people in a room for three days with common interests to see if they could come up with some grand idea. Number one, the idea of like coming together from all sorts of different Bad, you know, just we're coming from different places all over the world. So there's already going to be like this cultural barrier that we have to get over. And then, of course, there's this this faith barrier we have to get over. And, and, I, and by barrier, I mean something that makes the conversation take longer. Right. Because if I'm in a group full of Jesus lovers, I can say something and relate it to Jesus and everybody shakes their head. But if I'm in a group of people, you know, one of the people really had no religion. They kind of had this Maj Podge religion. Another person, I believe, was Hindu. There was a former pastor, Christian pastor there. Um, yeah. And I don't need, honestly, I didn't even know what everybody's faith background was. So, you know, I can't just talk about Jesus and expect everybody to understand, <laughs> you know. And so we had this, you know, everything was going to go slower. There was even a bit of a language barrier. You know, we had a lot of people from other countries where English was not their first language. And so there was times when things even had to be interpreted. And so to get us all in a room for three days and expect some sort of production to come out of it was, I think, optimistic. And I'm an optimist, so I, but I think it was really optimistic. And then you were in there with this, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were like me thinking like, this is such a cool opportunity, but because we were being, you know, pushed to kind of produce something, it just felt like we were going, 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 going. Like we walked in the room and there was always something that had to be done. And oftentimes throughout the conference, like lunch was even shortened because we were just going, 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 had to get things done, had to get things done. And, um, as we were doing that, like very quickly in the process, a couple of the strong, I'll just call them stronger voices in the room. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in the best way possible because all these people were lovely. And so some of the stronger voices in the room started like raising their hand and the, and they were talking to the main facilitator who was seriously like, I can't even tell you how amazing this facilitator was. He's a guy I'm definitely going to try to stay in contact with, with. And so it wasn't because of anything to do with his character. It's that he was there hired to do a very specific thing. And so he was just doing that thing that he does for a living. And so at one point, these two stronger voices like raise their hand and they say, I don't, I don't mean to be a jerk about this, but here's the thing. Like, what you're trying to get us to do, what you're trying to get us to talk about. This is stuff we talk about every day, all the time. This is stuff we're trying to do every day, all the time. And so the idea of coming here and doing more of what we do every day, all the time, because everybody in that room were climate and planet people. Like these are people who are in it. They do the work on a regular basis. They run nonprofits. They're in faith groups that are, you know, it's just like they're, they're, in this space all the time. And so they were saying, you know, this is, 
this I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but they're like, this is not what we wanted to be here for. We didn't want to come here to feel like we had to produce because we produce all the time. And having the conversations that you're asking us to have are already things that we already know. And so we don't really we don't really want to produce something because we've already done that. We don't need any more of this information because we kind of have that. And what they were, what these two voices were saying, because they were just kind of, they didn't know each other. They were just kind of back going back and forth about it. But what they were saying is we came here because we just wanted time with like-minded people from different spaces on the planet so that we could hear how each other's faith impacts our work because some of these people weren't necessarily from faith-based nonprofits or faith-based organizations, but yet their, their faith was still the underlying current that gets them to do the work that they do. And so when, when they started saying that you could tell like everybody was in agreement, but then, then what happened is the facilitators like, okay, I hear you. And, and then we just kept going. So it's like, I hear you, but let's keep producing. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And then finally on the third day. So we, we go for two days where like, we're just, man, people are just getting worn out by how just the the length of the day and what was expected out of everybody and trying to come up with new concepts and just keep going, keep going. And, and then finally on the last day, our facilitator is a great gentleman. His name's Martin. He just, he just circles up the chairs and he, it took him a day, but he just totally listened to the voices of the people in the room. And he just circled up all the chairs and said, all right, we're not going to do what we're supposed to do today. I just want to give us this space to hear from one another. And everybody in the room had the opportunity just to share about how their faith and what they're experiencing and what they have experienced and the shifts that they're seeing and how this is calling them to deep, beautiful work in the world. And it was this amazing time because right away, I mean, you know, this is coming right, right away. There's like tears, there's hugs, there's connection. There's people realizing that even though they're from different parts of the world, they, they have these common threads that run through their lives. And, and all this is just happening in this circle. And so at this point, there's like, I think there was 14 or 15 of us. So not even a big circle. And so we're around the circle and it's just this incredible, like mind blowing time of simply being with one another. And the facilitator at one point stops and he says, all right, I just want to acknowledge that it's our lunch break. And, uh, if you, you know, if we want to stop, we can, but like there was still a number of people that hadn't shared. And so, so there was that moment when, you know, we had this opportunity to go to lunch and I just, I just raised my voice. I'm like, I don't think any of us are hungry because this is so amazing what's going on right now. And so we finished that up and had a short lunch and then came back together. And it was the, I mean, it was like a different thing, like something different totally happened. And so then the way there was still more that they were hoping that we'd accomplish and things they wanted us to do as a part of the conference. And so we did those things during the second half of that day, but we did them in such a different spirit and we did them with such a different mentality because now it went from this room of people who did the same kind of work to people in a room, you know, who had like the same hearts and it went from everybody like just being together to everybody wanting to stay connected to one another and all of that because we circled up our chairs and got to hear from one another.
So the reason I'm sharing this story about this this conference, and it was I, I could talk about this conference for probably days. <laughs> I could go several episodes because there were so many little things, and I might grab things from here and there to talk a, about a little bit more. I might grab some people that I met at this conference and get them on the podcast. I'll definitely I'll definitely do that. And so the reason I wanted to share with you what happened at at the conference though specifically the part where we were trying to produce and then and then we just stopped trying to do that and everything changed i feel like there's a lesson in that and i feel like the lesson and maybe it's just a lesson that i had to learn but i'm hoping it's a lesson for all of us that as we are feeling and experiencing like we are at a moment in history that doesn't come along too often seems to come around every 500 years or so and we are you know so blessed to be able to live in a time where we are seeing this incredible shift of faith where from the beginning of our lifetime to the end of our lifetime the way that people and society are experiencing their faith is going to look wildly different it already does like i'm thinking about from the moment I started attending church, when which was when I was born, but as far back as I can remember, I'm thinking about that time versus now, like my early days in the Catholic church and experiencing community in that way to now the conversations that I'm in and, and being at this conference for that matter. Like we are so fortunate and so lucky, I think, to be living in the time that we're living because we're going to experience just this we already are. We're experiencing this absolute re- renewal. Like you never heard the, the word deconstruction before not too many years ago, right? The reason we're hearing that word is because there's this this there's no other way to describe it. It's this worldwide movement that's crossing all boundaries imaginable. And it's not just a Christian thing, as I already said. And so in the midst of this thing that I know I'm so blessed and so excited to be in the middle of, the... The thing we want to do is figure out how to create something to to catch this lightning in a bottle, if you will, right? Like, how, what what are we gonna make? What are we gonna create? What are we gonna do? And I think that's valid. Like, I think it's valid to want to produce something. That's why I started this podcast. That's why I wrote that book. In some ways, not it's not the only reason I wrote the book, but it's part of the reason I wrote the book. And there's this this desire to want to push, to want to go forward, to want to you know catch whatever this thing is and make sense of it and and make it a career or whatever like whatever the motives are like that's and especially those of us who are ministry people like we spent part of our career in ministry there was like this drive to to perform and produce right and so our natural reaction to what we're experiencing in our hearts and in the reality around us is to want to create and want to produce what I found in this short little three-day conference is that that desire to produce actually comes against the beauty that is waiting for us. Because if we would just take a little bit more space and time to sit with one another, to hear from one another, to listen from one another, to learn from one another, and just to experience each other, I have a feeling that we will experience this worldwide shift of faith in such amazing, beautiful, spectacular ways. 
Because when I start creating something, like I get so single focused, I get so, you know, my mindset is just one track and I'm just going to ride this thing out till it's done. Like when I started this podcast, like it was just like the only thing I ever thought about. And I had to get on, you know, I, what was at the time, like iTunes new, new and noteworthy. And I had to get like the right people. I had to get Brian McLaren and, and NT Wright on the, you know, I had to get these people on my show. And I was just like, so singularly focused when I was a, you know, starting my little ministry downtown Eau Claire for the poor and homeless. Like that's all I thought, like making that the best it could is all I could think about. And even now, as I think about life, like so much of what I think about is what I can create, what I can do, what I can produce. And what I learned (laughs) is that like I might be in the midst of a grand adventure of missing the point, meaning that to truly experience the divine, we have to allow ourselves. I'm going back. I'm going back to where I started when I was talking about the book. To truly experience the divine, we have to experience a lived experience. Like we have to dive into our own story. And our own story isn't about producing something. That can be a part of our story, but it can't be our story. Our story, in order for it to be rich and meaningful, has to be a story where we take time to take in our surroundings. And the most important, I, I would say there's two ways that are most important about, to do. There's two ways to do that, that, that will bring the most, what's the word? I want to say fruit, but that's such a Christian word that some of you will turn this off. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. So that'll bring about the most like beauty. I'll, I'll just say that. Right. And those two ways are number one, just get out there and experience nature. Like don't experience nature and try to write a book about it. Like go out there and experience nature just to experience it. Get out on a river, get out, you know, get a, put, throw a kayak in the water, get out on a bicycle, take a walk in the woods, do what you need to do. Just, just experience all of the creation that surrounds you. So that's, that's a no brainer, right? And then number two is just take the time in your life to just sit with people, not to explore partnership. Not to see if you can get on their podcast, not to whatever, like not for that reason, but simply with the mentality is I'm going to just sit with this person and just hear and listen and talk and learn and share just for the sake of doing that. Because I'm telling you, everything changed when we circled up and, um, and it led to such beautiful spaces. And if we can find ways to do that outside of our normal circles, I mean, that's, that's where more magic can happen because it was just, again, just such a cool environment to hear from people from all these different faith backgrounds and all of these different, all these different spaces in the world where they lived coming together feeling the same narrative in their mind and in their hearts. And so I guess that's my challenge for, especially those of you who listen to this show who are real go-getters, <laughs> kind of like myself. Like you just, you just push, 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 push. And I would say maybe now is not the time to push so hard, but now the time is to be diligent in the work that you set out to do, but don't do it while sacrificing the opportunity to experience what you're a part of. So do the work, do the work you feel on your heart that you're supposed to be doing. Don't be pushing open doors and trying to create things that aren't there to be created. Just do the work that you feel intentioned to do and, uh, 
and, and, and just be okay with that. But then allow yourself the blessing to experience the goodness that this world has to offer. As I said in the beginning of the podcast, this world has so much negativity. And so it's very important that we're intentional about the good that's in this world. That intentionality can be found in nature and that intentionality can be found in conversations and in relationships. This is me, an introverted guy who has a a love for people, a love for speaking, a love for communicating. I get that some of you might hear that and say, yeah, relationships aren't my thing. And I'm saying that's okay. Relationships aren't my thing either. Like I don't get all lit up about relationships. But when I take the time to sit with people, when I take the time to listen, to talk, to just be and stop doing so much, I, as a person who is no relationship guru, find the most blessing there. And I also, again, find the most blessing when I'm out in nature. And both of those things are things I can do without the need to produce anything other than just just offer myself. I hope this has been helpful. If not, I hopefully hopefully you enjoyed all of my ramblings. And uh, and like I said, I'll bring on some guests from the conference so you get a chance to hear from some of them because some just some incredible human beings. Um, you've heard from some of them at this conference. I got to hang out with Eugene Kim, who's a part of uh, the New Wine Collective, doing some really cool things. You've heard from Spencer Burke, who uh, has Solar Eyes, doing incredible things. Um, so you've heard from some of them, but I want to introduce you to some of the people that are not from the U.S. that I met at this conference and uh, and just keep some of these conversations going forward. Again, it's all about connect, figuring out how, like, how do we best connect to God? How do we best connect to our our own story, our own selves? And then how do we also connect with one another? You know, and I don't mean just the people around us. I mean, on a global scale, because we have that opportunity now in our world. So anyway, I hope you're as excited about where life is moving as I am and excited about these conversations as I am. Uh, You know, reach out to me. Uh, You can find me on social media at Matt Kinzera. The last name's K-E-N-D-Z-I-E-R-A. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find this podcast, Chasing Goodness, on Facebook. Otherwise, just reach out to me via old school email. You can find me at hello at mattkinzera.com. And the website's just mattkinzera.com. And until next time, let's keep chasing goodness together.